Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout which is now part of the High Productions family. As per usual my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout and this week it is episode number 19 and I am joined by the star of the TV shows There's Johnny and Teen Wolf. Please welcome to the podcast Ian Nelson. Drama School Dropout no graduation day for you, drama school dropout. Thought your whole course, now try something new, drama school dropout. Hello. Hey. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing That's pretty well. What I like to hear, especially during all of this world madness at the moment. No doubt, not, not a. I think so much has already been said about it. It's a, a hard oh, time to, yeah, you know. We're it, not going to get into all of that. We're leaving all of that at the door. And yeah, every day more challenges. Every day more more bad news, and we're trying to, you know, got to try to stay positive and try to stay uh, hopeful in a, in such a dark time. It just seems Hope- like it's never going to end at this point, but we'll get there. Hopefully, we're, we've sort of got a, a light at the end of the tunnel in the UK and how much of that is going to happen, we're not sure of, but hopefully we'll get out of it pretty soon and we can get back to some sort of normality. I certainly hope so. So the first thing that I like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast is, um, how did you get into acting and what was your first role? Hmm. My So I got into acting in, uh, I had already done, you know, I'd done school plays when I was a little kid, Um, just like mandatory school plays, like in elementary school. And then in middle school, I auditioned for the, like the school drama. It was a Halloween themed play. And uh, one of my really good friends got the role that I auditioned for, which didn't make me too happy. (laughs) Um, So, and I didn't get a part in the play. So I vowed that I would audition for the school musical and I would be in the school musical in the spring. Um, so that that musical was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And still to this day, I'm not entirely sure how uh, I got that part. I played Joseph in the show. I, I really don't know how that even came to be, but Raw it was, talent. Uh, it, I mean, it could have just been like, I don't know. Me personally, I don't even recall that much time in my, like I, I can't really remember too much from that part of my life, but I do remember just absolutely loving being on stage. And there was something so electric about you know, especially in that show, it's like the way that Joseph is introduced is I forget the name of the song, but it's almost like they announce him in the play and then he runs out on stage. Um, yeah. And, you know, I grew up in like doing lots of sports, especially basketball, and it's kind of like the starting lineup before a game. It's like they're announcing your name and then you just run out into the court. So it kind of had that vibe. Um, so that's where how I started in acting. Um, and my first role, do, do you mean like my first role in a movie or, or TV show? No, or? first role could be anything. So like I say, my first role was a sheep in my nativity play in second primary school. <laughs> that was the first time I was That's on awesome. stage. It was like, no, we're not talking about like professional roles and things. What was the first time that you would like say that this was when you felt like you were doing it and you were having a great time? It was Joseph. It was it was Joseph. And then, and then I went to theater camp when I was a kid too. I went to this... I went to two different theater camps. One was called French Woods Festival of the Performing Arts um, in upstate New York. And the other one is a little more of like a, it's a little like more well-known. Um, it's called Stage Door Manor. The The list of of people who went there is pretty, pretty crazy. 
Um, but there I had one of the cooler experiences where I got to play. There was a musical by, uh, what's his name? Jason Robert Brown, I think is the composer. Is that correct? I, I, I feel like he's Brown. American and I'm not too familiar <laughs> with American. He's definitely, he's definitely American, but he did like, he, uh, he had a, a movie musical come out a few years ago and it was with like Jeremy Jordan and Anna Kendrick, but he did a play called 13. Um, and it was a... 13 was just like this huge deal when it when it was on Broadway and they did a production at my theater camp and I got to play I think his character the character's name was like Archie or something and he had like muscular dystrophy so it was the first time I ever got to like I remember we didn't have internet at the camp so I would go to like the the camp director's office to watch videos on like learning about muscular dystrophy so it was like that that was kind of my first taste of acting as a way of 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 learning about the world and experiences outside of myself, which I think was a very enticing aspect of, of, of acting. Yeah. So you've like grown up as like a singer, a dancer, an actor, and you've done things like the Macy's Day Parade and things like that. Mm. So more recently, you've actually just released new music. Did that just seem like the natural next step? So you just released your single 21st Century Love. Yeah. Was that just the like the natural next step, especially during COVID and things like that? You know, I wouldn't really call it the natural next step in terms of like it wasn't a conscious decision. It was it was something that I, I've been taking voice lessons since I was, you know, I don't know, 10 or 11. I've been taking like I was a boy soprano when I was younger. Uh, I was in an operetta when I was like 13 or something. And uh, I, I started training with a voice teacher in Los Angeles and he looked at me after like my, my second session with him and he's like, you know, you just can't keep singing covers for the rest of your life. <laughs> And I, I was like, what do you mean? Because, you know, typically as an actor, you have audition songs, right? Like you sing yeah. a song, you sing like however many bars of a song for an audition. And he said, you have to start writing your music. And, um, you know, it, it's it's kind of crazy how it all happened. I'd never even thought of that before. Um, I'd written poetry and stuff before, but I'd never thought about writing my own music. And then over the next like six to eight months, I actually, I, I started writing songs. I found myself on set for this film that's actually coming out in May called Paper Spiders. And... I wrote my first song when I was um, when I was like in the hotel on like an off day, and since then I just haven't stopped. So whether it's like a whether it was a natural next step, I wouldn't really call it natural. It makes sense in retrospect. I feel like it's a more accurate yeah, um, and now and it's always something that's been there and part of your life and things. So it wasn't something that just was like one day you're like, oh, I'm gonna get into music and maybe do something with that. That's always been part of your like life. It's all. It felt. It felt like such a natural like writing songs. The process of you know. I was just playing my guitar earlier before I before I jumped on the call with you. I was playing my guitar and just practicing, and you know, it's it's a very natural thing. Um, it felt like it was something that made total sense when I did it. But I know a lot of actors are like, "Oh, I'm an actor now. Now I need to release music." It wasn't necessarily that. It was more like I went to have a, a meeting with the this music producer who my voice teacher connected me to, and I played him a song, and we were supposed to do a demo together. But he was like, "Let's just produce that song." Um, <laughs> Which and, is what uh, you like to hear. Which was 21st Century Love. I mean, that's, I, you know, at the time it was called I Fell in Love With You on a Screen. Like, I didn't know how to write a song at that point. It was just, you know, we kept we kept a lot of the, the verses and stuff like that. And But that's how it came to be. It was a very natural thing. And I was like, well, the song's really, I mean, I thought the song was pretty damn good. So I was like, well, we should probably release this, right? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, you should, you should release this song. And I was like, well, I guess I need to make a music video for it. And he's like, yeah, you need to make a music video for it. So that's the way that my music came about. And since then, I just haven't stopped. You know, like quarantine was a perfect opportunity to to, to write and practice and, and uh, shot a couple music videos. Uh, one hasn't come out yet. So, you know, 
it's a it's it's a it's a great compliment to acting though so yeah music I, i'd also just like to let everyone know that i cannot sing so i will never release music um so yeah you don't ever have to worry about hear, hearing me sounding like i'm drowning um but you <laughs> Actually, you studied at the University of Southern California, if my research is correct, and you studied screenwriting. What was that like? Did you all, was there like a point where you intended to stay like at the pen and paper instead of being on screen? Or was it a case of I'm going to write stuff for myself? Well, I've been writing. I worked on a film when I was, I think, 19. Uh, it was called Medeus. Really, really cool director. His name's Andrea Palero. And uh, he did a film a few years ago with Charlotte Rampling called Hannah. And he's like one of the coolest directors out there. But he, he kind of, we were in between shots one day and he was just like, he essentially implied that I was going to get really bored if all I did was like act. He's like, you, you need to do more. He's like, have you written before? I was like, no. He's like, go home, write a short. He's like, just go write a short. Like download like cell text or something. Just go down, like just go write a short <laughs> and um it's that simple so i started i started writing scripts and I, I you know but then when i found songwriting it was like the process of you know screenplays like i'm producing a film right now and you know producing films just takes a long time you know you, it's a pretty consistent narrative yeah. from everyone from the most famous directors to the first time directors and it's just a very very long process and so you know songwriting is something that's a long process as well but uh, it's a shorter it's a shorter, long process. Yeah. You know, like I, I just finished writing a song yesterday, actually, that I started writing probably like nine weeks ago and like little things like that. But like if anyone told you they made a feature film, they got the financing for a feature film like nine weeks, you'd be like, how? Yeah. Like, you'd also be weeks? like, how terrible is it? Wait, yeah. Like, what was your budget? Like four dollars? <laughs> Self-produced <laughs> but, um, yeah. in a garage. Per day. Exactly. It's, <laughs> you know, shot on like shot on like an iPhone, like six or something and like you know <laughs> i mean props to anyone who does it but and look i've i've made i've made short films i've you know i like i've produced music videos like i you know feature films i mean you know like i'm i'm exploring uh different ones that i'd like to make because i i would love to i would love to produce and direct um a feature at some point um but yeah i went to usc usc was interesting i went for one year and uh it you know it's it, it's it's really difficult for actors to go to school and act Um, It's a really difficult balance. And the reason I went to USC was that it was the best scenario for me to get to do that. And look, it was great for a year. I met some of my best friends there. You know, I had some really great teachers while I was there, but I just wanted to act. So I just, uh, I went for one year and then I decided to to kind of just take a leap and get an apartment in LA. And and then I was grateful in the fall. I I got a few films and my parents weren't so worried. (laughs) So I can imagine you're currently sitting basking in the Los Angeles sun. Oh no, no, not at the moment. It's, um, I'm in North Carolina right now where I grew up. It's probably uh, still warmer than Scotland. It's probably warmer, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then you went on. You went on after studying at the University of Southern California and you went to, if again, if my research or as I like to call it, legal stalking is correct, you went to um, the University of North Carolina and then continued at Stage Door Manor Performing Arts School. Do you, have it's you got any like... Um, so flip, flip it around. Yeah, yeah, flip it around. So North Carolina School of the Arts is in my hometown. Yep. It's a really great, uh, I guess you'd call it a conservatory. Yeah, it's a conservatory. They do everything from ballet to filmmaking there. Um, I trained there when I was younger. I took voice lessons. I did ballet there. Um, I took acting lessons there. And then the the stage romana in French Woods were the theater camps I went to. 
Yeah. And then I went to USC. So I just got everything completely the wrong way around. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. There's and no worries at all. So throughout like all your studying or uh, filming on sets in theaters, do you have any like crazy standout, funny, weird like stories? Some funny stories um, from filming. I mean, one of my favorite stories to tell is I got to work with, with Tony Danza on There's Johnny. And then I found out before I started filming that Tony Danza was a tap dancer. So I went up to Tony one day and I was like, Tony, you know, I tap dance. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not, I'm not as good as you. Like you're, I mean, you tap dance for like Sammy, Sammy Davis Jr.'s like, uh, I forget what, it was a, a huge party they had. I think it was like at the Apollo Theater or something. He, he gave a great performance. The, the story goes, he actually went on after Gregory Hines or something. And he was really, he was really uh, nervous about that because he had to follow Gregory Hines. He was like, <laughs> arguably, I mean, like him and like Savion Glover, Jason Samuel Smith, like all those guys are just the top best names at. and yeah. best at what they do. Yeah, it's like Michael Jordan, LeBron. It's like, you know, same thing. And, uh, but so, so Tony and I, so when I told Tony that I was a tap dancer, he was like, bring your, bring your shoes to set. So we brought, I brought my shoes to set the next day and we would tap dance in between scenes. So that must have been surreal. I have a video. We have, so we had this, there was a set they built. It was a back room. It was like the back of the studio set. And we would just tap dance on the laminate floors in between setups. It was, Tony's one of the nicest guys ever, but that was one of the, the that was like one of the, the best moments I've ever had being on set. That, that video it must be like really crazy to look back on because not only are you filming like a massive TV show, you're also tap dancing with Tony Danza. There's not many people that can say that they've done that within their lives. I'm, I'm gonna add a, uh, I'm gonna add a element to that image for you. I was wearing bell bottoms. So even crazier. Effect. It's an even crazier image. <laughs> So before we move on, there is one thing that I would love to talk about, and it's purely because I'm extremely jealous. Um, you were in the Hunger Games, the first movie. I was. That, uh, Hunger Games, bearing in mind, like uh, Harry Potter, top book series, Hunger Games, second to none. Like, what was that like? How did that, how did you end up in the Hunger Games? And what was that like filming within like the arena or the forest as it was? So, okay, this is, so this is cool you bring this up actually. This is really cool. Weirdly enough, I don't talk about the Hunger Games much. It, I, I don't, like it's, for me it feels like, I don't, it's weird to look at old photos and stuff. I'm just like, I didn't, you know, I was so, I was so young. I, I, it was my second film. So tell me if I'm wrong, but I mean, your, your podcast is, is marketed to a lot of young actors, correct? So um, I look to, to, yeah, we market it to a lot of people, but we've actually ended up with a lot of older listeners as well. So it's sort of 50-50. I was just curious because it, it sort of informs a story where, so I, I grew up in North Carolina, right? I had a local agent. At one point, North Carolina in the United States was a, a massive hub for filmmaking. I mean, yeah. They were making everything here. Biggest films in the world were being shot here. And I had an agent, a local agent, in like Raleigh, North Carolina, um, one of the bigger cities. And I went to a casting workshop with a, with a famous casting director named Jackie Birch. And I went to so many workshops when I was a little kid because I thought to myself, if I can go to this workshop and I can put up great scene work in front of these people, whether they're agents or casting directors, they'll think of me for parts. Like if I can just go and fucking kick, can I curse? As much as you want. 
Okay. I was like, if I just go and kick ass at this at this workshop, I can make a statement. Yeah. At this Jackie Birch workshop, the craziest thing was, I can't remember if I knew. I did. So a kid I went to school with, I was in English class. It was like ninth grade or something or 10th grade. And this kid was reading a book called The Hunger Games. I didn't know what it was. He was just reading it before class started. And he was talking to people about it. He's like, yeah, this book, The Hunger Games, they're making a movie out of it. And for some reason I got, I, I'm not, I'm not bullshitting you, I swear. I literally said to myself after he explained what the plot was, I was like, I could be in that. Like, <laughs> I could, I could be in that film. That sounds like there sounds like there's enough parts in there to, to you know, for for me to get one. And when I found out they were shooting, right? And I thought they were shooting. I found out they were shooting in North Carolina. I was like, oh, this is excellent. And then I found out Jackie was casting it. And funny thing is, I actually had my first ever audition with Jackie Birch. Um, so the cards just was, lined up. Everything lined up, and I went to the workshop. And I did a couple scenes in front of Jackie, and I did a. I remember doing a really nice job there. Like I was very happy with my with what I did. And uh, Jackie went up to my mom after the workshop, and she said, "Has he read The Hunger Games?" And um, my mom was like, "No." And she's like, "Get him the book. I'm casting it. I'm gonna call him in for a part." So I went to Wilmington, North Carolina. It was like four and a half hours from where I live in. Uh, where I grew up and um, I, I did a read for, for Jackie. They put me on tape and like two, two and a half months later, I got a, I got a call saying I got it. And uh, it was a crazy experience, man. It was like, you know, it was interesting. I'd never, never been on a set like that. It was, I mean, it was Gary Ross, Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, Woody, Woody Harrelson, Harrelson, Lenny Kravitz was, you know, would show up every now and then. Right. Like it's like the, these huge people were just like, they were just, they were just walking through the yeah. mega trailer. Be like, oh, Elizabeth Banks is producing and it was you know but the, one of the best moments actually from that entire experience besides like joking making jokes with like Lenny Kravitz about you know random shit which I didn't even understand how cool Lenny Kravitz was when I was that young I don't think and any of us like, did I was like dude, 15 guy, at the time I did so oh, freaking younger like I was Hunger Games came out in like 2012 so I'd have been like mm -hmm. 14 yeah that's crazy, man. And I don't think any of us knew like oh how God. cool those people were. No, and and you know, um, yeah, Len Lenny Lenny Kravitz was really cool, but the, and I, we, I mean, we had like passing passing moments, but the the most profound interactions I had on that set were with Wes Bentley. And every chance I got, I was I was asking Wes every question I could think of about acting. And he was recommending books to me and talking to me about experiences that he had like he had had and, and it was like it was such a special moment for like i mean i was just this little kid from north carolina and i had no idea what was going on and you know it, it, that was the coolest thing about about hunger games was it was just like a crash course and like it was a great opportunity to get to work with with those those people at such a young age I got to you know just observing all those guys was was such a it was a, a big honor um in retrospect and also it gave me gave me an opportunity to get some really good agents and um start auditioning for some really cool projects and yeah i owe hunger games a lot i have a bit of a confession to say that i've never seen the next thing that i'm talking about um but i was like talking to a few friends over the course of the week and they were like i was like i'm so busy i got i'm recording a few podcasts next week and they're like who you got on and i was like saying um matt peters from orange is the new black ashley jordan from orange is the new black uh ian nelson and i said from the hunger games um and somebody was like no wait ian nelson from teen wolf do you mean and i like looked at my notes and i was like yeah he was in he was in teen wolf and i've never seen it like, hands up and they were like oh my fucking God, that's really fucking cool. And then I like looked into it and didn't realize that Teen Wolf was this like massive phenomenon. 
And I was like, oh, I nearly missed that out there. Teen Wolf was a really, really big deal at the time. Um, I'll never, I mean, it's still a big deal. People love that show and like- Oh yeah, I've like do. somebody, my friend that I told, then messaged somebody else and was like, oh, Ingram's talking to Ian Nelson. And then I got three or four other DMs being like, oh wow, you've you've like done it here. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't have enough time to go and watch this TV series to like be in the know. It's, I mean, so- Like how did that end up happening and how did you end up getting cast in that? And yeah. what was that um, like being part of, cause you'd obviously you'd done the Hunger Games, which is a massive global phenomenon. And then you become part of this other TV show, which is obviously it's stretched to the corners of the world and become massively popular. And so what was that like? Well, so many questions there. <laughs> No, of course. I and I, I absolutely. I um so what happened was is that I went out to LA for my first pilot season. And if I remember correctly, I had I, I was out in LA for something and I did an, an audition with the casting director of Teen Wolf. And Teen Wolf was just a cool show. It was just a cool I'd read for it before. I I'm pretty confident I've read for it before. Um but I got to read for this one part and the part was the young Derek Hale. And this was a this was a big deal. This part, um, it's it's kind of it's it's weird to talk about that kind of stuff, but like there was there was a it was a big deal to be to be auditioning for this part. Um, and I went in, I read for it, and it went well. Um, and then I went back to North Carolina. My mom and I were gonna go out to LA for pilot season, just because I was I think at this time I was was I seventeen? I was maybe eighteen, but my mom obviously was still there with me. My mom's not a stage mom. I would never call her that. And I wasn't really a child actor. I'd never call myself that. My mom was just, you know, she just wanted to be there. I went back to LA and I had a screen test for Teen Wolf. Um it was a it was a big deal because I don't know if this is common knowledge. Um Are we about to get exclusive? You might. I, 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 it might be common knowledge. It might not be. I, I'm leaning towards it might not be. And um, anyway, it was a the the reason the role was a big deal was because MTV was planning a spinoff pilot, uh, a a Derek Hale led TV show. So a lot of a lot of fans ask for it constantly. They're like, Derek Hale should have gotten his own TV show. This was actually a big conversation. So the reason that they were treating the young Derek Hale role with such weight was because they wanted they essentially wanted me to star in my own TV show. What happened was is that it took about a year from that point on from shooting it to when they actually when the end of the contract was like the holding contract. And in that time, MTV got a new head of uh, whatever it's called like oh fuck director head of programming or whatever it is fuck him if he well here's the thing they <laughs> scrapped a bunch of projects they scrapped a bunch of projects that happens all the time and so that's why it was such a big deal to get that show is i at the same time of getting that that three episode or whatever arc on the show you were pretty much signing up to get your own tv show yeah 110 percent um, sign me up <laughs> and what's crazy is you know looking back and even at the time i had the awareness that that it wasn't right for me. I was so young, man. I, you know, I I had so much to learn. You know, forget about acting, just about being a human and about being my own man. And life, life, man. And you know what the thing is? Is like you come into your own, and that's why acting is a really beautiful profession because as you get older, you get better. You know, like you have that potential. As as you get older, you can always get better at your craft because you're and living it's more. So oblivious as well to, because I we recently released a thing that we did while we were at college that was like a devised 20 minute piece and that was only like 2018 so three years ago i like completely now think i'm so much better now than what i was then absolutely and that's how it should be as an artist you should always be growing and like i had my own concerns about it 
looking back, I, I really have no, I have no regrets about the whole situation. Our, our episode did great. It wasn't about that. And it was just, a, they just changed their, their kind of direction at MTV. And now they're not even making original stuff anymore. So it's one of those yeah. things where it was kind of like, for me, the greatest part of Teen Wolf was I got to play a lead for the first time. And as an actor, to get to play a lead, it's, it's a different, it's a different pressure on set. You know, up till then, I'd really popped in for a couple scenes and I'd leave. But when you're the lead, you're shooting one scene, then you're shooting the next scene, then you're shooting another scene. And then you got to go home, sleep, and come back the next day and do it again. Yeah, hundred and ten. It's just it escalates. It escalates and like, but it's a muscle you have to work. And the muscle really got worked on there's Johnny because I was shooting. I mean, almost every scene every day. Um, for I think we shot that thing in like a month and a half or two months, and that was it's it's intense. You know, it's it's a muscle you have to work. And uh, Teen Wolf is the first time I really got to to explore that um the crew was great i mean jeff davis the guy who created the show can't say enough good things about him um getting to work with like dylan o'brien and, and tyler posey and like um and one of my very very good friends madison mclaughlin like um who was also in the the episode and you know i didn't have any scenes with tyler hecklin who played the Derek like the old older Derek hale but you know in the time we got to spend together on set dude's super nice it was it was one of those very special filming experiences that um, I'd say I've only had a few times where you're on set and it really feels like you're making something special and, and you're, that you're a part of something that, that is exciting. I remember one of my acting teachers, I, I work with a, a really terrific teacher named Howard Fine, um, and I recommend his book to everyone. Fine on Acting is, is a hell of a good acting book. I, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a great one. I recommend it to, to all the listeners, and um, it's, it's a wonderful book. And uh, Howard said one time, he, was, he, you know, he recognized early on sort of my tendency to, to do a lot of preparation, um, which can be a plus and a minus. You know, over this is when when we had this conversation. This is probably five or six years ago, and uh, it's it's been part of my my evolution to to just learn what enough is. You know, like what is enough preparation? Like where does it stop? And Howard said, you know, Ian, you don't have to physically be looking at the script to be doing work. Like you can you can be going on a walk and thinking about the character, and you're not taking a break. When people ask me, people ask me a lot. They're like, how should I? Like I want to be an actor. What should I do? And the thing I always say is, I'm like. Well, first off, you gotta you gotta read Fine on Acting. You gotta read The Intent to Live by Larry Moss. You have to read, um, what is it? The challenge, uh, the challenge for the actor. Writing all of these Rudy down. Hagen. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I mean, where is it? I think it's called Challenge. Do I have it here? Is it might be in L.A. That book. I think it's in L.A. But I have like The Intent to Live over there. I can show you what that looks like. Like, there's highlights on every page. There's there's notations. There's there's coffee stains. Like that book is destroyed. I get asked the same thing sometimes. Like, I, I want to be an actor what do I do? And I'm like, why are you asking me? I'm not really an actor. I mess about on stage. Um, but the first thing I always tell them is don't do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the second thing I tell them is just go to the theater, go and see lots of theater, immerse yourself within the culture and speak to people. And when you're standing outside after a show, don't leave, talk to people, go to stage yeah. door. So right. It's not even funny. And you know what? When you're when you stay outside of the theater for people who aren't like like of course if okay if you go see Daniel Radcliffe and like how to succeed in in business without really trying right there's gonna be a thousand people waiting for him outside. But when you go to a play, I'll never forget one of my favorite actors is John Hawks. You know John Hawks? No, not too. I know the name. I can't picture the face. He was in Winter's Bone with Jennifer Lawrence. He was in uh, the Sessions with Helen Hunt. What else was John? I mean John Hawks is like such a he's he's 
he's like an independent film uh, hero, and he's been in big films too. He was, I think, I'm pretty confident he was in like American Gangster, the Ridley Scott film. I think it was Ridley Scott. But um, I, I my mom and I went to go see a, a John Hawkes play in New York. It was it was off Broadway in this super tiny theater, and we stayed afterwards. And I, I we literally did like I got to chat with John Hawkes like. And John John Hawks and I actually we have the same lawyer. <laughs> I would love to I'd love to sit down with him more. He's like he's uh but like you go you're it's great advice, man. It's great advice. You go to theater, you hang out, you talk, you ask questions, you be patient, you absorb. I think just to, to make to take your advice that you say don't do it, tell people not to act. I think Oh, that's it's just funny. a joke. <laughs> but it's funny because, like, I think every actor kind of thinks that when someone's like, what do I do to be an actor? I'm like, you really want to do this? Like, mine's what? based on somebody asked me, one of my best friend's um, little cousins actually asked me. And I told him, I was like, study it, go, go to the theater, all that jazz. And now he's really good and a lot better than me. His headshots are a lot better. And now I'm like, damn, I've got to compete with the little fucker now. <laughs> I mean, look, you know. There's always there's always going to be, you know, a new actor out there. And it's I think that, you know, my advice, if, if there are any if there are any like actors who are sort of on the fence right now and they really want to pursue it as a career, this is what I'll tell them. Do it. First off, get in a great scene study class, especially now with with COVID in the world. You can take Zoom classes with great teachers from around the world, from around the world. Howard, I know, is doing Zoom classes. I have not taken one personally, but Howard is a great teacher. You find great teachers out there and you take with a lot of them. You find the one that clicks. I had taken with a lot of different acting coaches before I met Howard and Howard and I just clicked. And I still work with him on, on everything I do because it's always great to have another perspective. And, you know, so I'd say that. So first let's start with scene study, right? Get in a scene study class, watch a ton of movies, you know? So you got that, acting books. I mentioned earlier Howard's book, Fine on Acting, uh, Intent to Live by Larry Moss. I mean, Larry Moss is, I mean, God, who has Larry and you know Larry and Howard are two of the most famous quote unquote I guess like celebrity acting teachers if you really want to use that term but Larry Moss worked with like DiCaprio he worked with like Michael Clark Duncan may he rest in peace Mar Michael Clark Duncan is just God that guy Green Mile just oh my God Michael Clark Duncan what an actor and uh, you know it, it's you know and also the read read the greats Uta Hagen you know check out check out Uta Hagen's writing and Stella Adler. Theater, theater is important. It'll bounce back because it has to, because we need theater. Hopefully the tickets prices will be lower so we can see great actors on stage without, you know, having to pay a, a you know, a remortgage your home. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, I remember I wanted to see a play. I wanted to see, I was in New York and I wanted to see, I think it was um, Daniel Radcliffe, was Daniel Radcliffe in a play with Hugh Jackman a couple years back? think that rings a bell yes i wanted to go see them and i think the tickets were like 700 or like i think so some even approached like a thousand dollars and i went to go see this one person play in like the west village with um asif manvi and it was a amazing one-man show I, I fucking loved it. it it was about the experience of being like an indian man in in new york i think it was in new york i forget the city it took place in the play but it was um you know but those tickets were expensive too 
I mean, that, you know. I know somebody and that paid like, four grand for two Hamilton tickets. Oh my dude, I yeah. When I tried when I tried going to Hamilton, the tickets were they they were pretty much in that ballpark, and I was like, you know what? I, I'm a huge Lin Manuel Miranda fan. Like In the Heights is like one of my favorite musicals of all time. I was like, I'm gonna let Hamilton be great from a distance. Yeah, I'll like, I'll see it I in five years. I'll see it in five years when the tickets are like thirty pound <laughs> a piece. True, when it's in like Tulsa, Oklahoma, or something. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'll like, Hamilton. <laughs> but we're coming to the end of the podcast now and I always like to play this little game um, with all of my guests. It's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. So I'm going to give you three crazy theater drama school stories. Two of them are Stage Right and uh, one of them is Stage Shite, which is a lie. And it's your job to find out which one is Stage Shite. Uh, I don't know which one's which. So we can talk along, play along together, and then we'll get the answer at the end. So... Number one, my wisdom teeth came in right before my end of year assessments. I was performing a very serious monologue about someone having to put their dog to sleep. I didn't realize I was taking too many painkillers. I took a mini overdose trying to numb the pain and get through my assessments. So number two, I had a superstition about giving each member of the cast a good luck card on opening night. The one time I didn't do it, I rolled my ankle and fell off a six foot high platform. And number three, the first show my mum ever saw me in, I had to kiss another guy. My mum was convinced that I was really gay and organised a coming out party with the rest of my family. I'm not gay, but it was nice to know that she isn't homophobic. All right, all right, all right, all right. I think one, okay, wait. So one of those is is shite, right? Yeah, one of those is a lie, stage shite. Okay, I think the first one is right. Stage right. Okay. All right. I think the second one, tell me if I'm, the second one was the kissing one. Uh, the second one was about rolling their ankle and falling off of a six foot high platform because they didn't give out good luck cards to the cast. Okay. Okay. That one is shite. Okay. And the third one is right. <laughs> right. So I'm going to look now. I, I, I think it's the second one too, because like six foot high platform, I don't think they have those <laughs> without no safety, before, like, no? without like safety. Break away. True. Um, so I'm going to look. <laughs> it was number one. So they didn't really? take an overdose. Huh, look at so, that. So maybe we all need to start giving good luck cards on opening night to everyone. I mean, there's a famous song from the producers where they say it's bad luck to say good luck on opening night. You ever heard that song? Yeah. <laughs> so you tell that person that they have to go watch the producers. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll email them back and I'll be like... Let them know. I'll I'll let like, them, You're tell doing them, this tell wrong. them what I said. Perfect. Oh my god! Hey, it, this was a pleasure. Thank yes. you for thank you. For Where can we find you all on social media and things, just so everyone can keep up to date and download and stream your music? Of course. Well, on Spotify, I'm just you know Ian Nelson. Um, 21st Century Love is my debut single. It's out now. Um, we got a few releases coming up in the next month, uh, next couple months, and I'm super amped about those. Um, so that's Spotify and iTunes. It's just my name. Uh, Twitter is Ian M. Nelson 95. Instagram, which I'm primarily on, is, is Ian Michael Nelson 95. And um, yeah, the other platforms are just, just my name. Yeah, so, perfect. Yeah. What a Thank you so much for coming on and giving me your time today. And I hope you get through the rest of this pandemic pretty safely. Yes, yes you as well. Stay safe and, and you know, and good luck with uh, good luck with getting into to a new drama school. Yes, that's, thank that's you really so much. Exciting. I'm not going to get in. My I'm auditions were terrible. Well with actually, <laughs> what is it? My auditions were terrible. I'm not getting in. Oh, <laughs> uh, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> I think you know, actors. We're going to have to get comfortable with doing uh, a lot of self tapes. 
Oh, 100%. And it's like, you know, it's just, you know, it's just a little bit of growing pain and we'll, we'll figure it out and you, you will figure it out, man. And you know what? The, uh, life is about, life is about just playing the game that's in front of you, you know, and just taking it and not, not necessarily attaching a bad or a good label to it and just moving, just moving on, you know, moving forward. I'm here so. for that. Perfect. I will let you get back to your, the rest of your day. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you very much. All right. You too. And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 19 of Drama School Dropout complete. Next week is episode number 20. I'm so excited. Thank you so much to Ian Nelson for coming on and giving me your time. And thank you so much to you guys for listening in at home. If you're feeling generous, please make sure to follow us all on social media and check out Ian's latest single, 21st Century Love, which is out now streaming on all platforms. And if you're feeling extra, extra generous, make sure to scroll down and give us a little rating and a review because it always boosts my ego and it really helps the podcast and remember as per usual we are doubling up this month on episodes of drama school dropout so there are two episodes every week on a tuesday at 12 noon which is our usual day and on a friday at 5 p.m and the next episode which i am so excited for which will be on tuesday at 12 noon bst i will be chatting to the one the only joel loosecheck from orange is the new black i'll be chatting to matt peters and i'm so excited and um, please remember if you want to submit your stories for stage right or stage shite you can email us at drama school dropout pod at gmail.com and maybe a little story will be put on my little podcast like i can't wait to hear from you all thank you so much guys for listening at home again it always makes me so very happy and i will see you again next time drama school dropout no graduation day for you drama school dropout thought your whole course now try something new drama school dropout